Hello everybody. Hello from St. Louis, Missouri. I am broadcasting live on the internet this Thursday, November 7th at 6.30 p.m. And I'm having a great day. How about you? How is everybody out there today? And I tell you what, I am super excited. I am so excited because I will be leaving St. Louis tomorrow. I am leaving for Kentucky. I'm leaving for Ashland, Kentucky in the morning. And we're going to have a great weekend. There's a conference coming up in Ashland, Kentucky this weekend. We got Tim James. We got Gary Shepard, Norm Wells. They're all going to be preaching. But even better than that, it's we've got friends from all around the country that are going to be there this weekend. Okay? And and the let's see, we got Nicholas and Daisy and Justin from Dallas. We got Tim Tim Pinnell out there. We got Nicholas Lorienzel and uh, his wife Elaine from uh, uh, New Newcastle, uh, Pennsylvania. We've got uh, Bob Higby, my my long friend Bob Higby, and his wife Ruth. They are going to be there. We've got Kay Casey Regan from uh, Iowa. She's going to be there, and not to mention uh, all. I have so many friends there at Thirteenth Street Baptist Church. I, I, you know, I, I, I leave for a month and I, I start to really miss them. I really enjoy their company. I enjoy the gospel fellowship. I enjoy their, their friendship. Okay. And I just, I'm looking forward to getting there. And I would ask that everybody pray for safe travels and that it would be a good time of gospel fellowship and good time of gospel preaching and a good time of learning. And I went to this last year. It was a great time. I will go to these conferences as long as I can. And I just would encourage everybody, if you get the opportunity, take that opportunity and go to one of these conferences. If not the 13th one, go to uh, Scott Price. He's got one. Actually, Scott is going to be at this one. Uh, but Scott has one every year. Richard Warmack has one every year. Let's see, Drew Dietz has one down in... Uh, Jackson, Missouri, and we got some up there in uh, northern Iowa. You got Joe Terrell, and uh, they're all over the place. But uh, because it's a great way to get a lot of preaching in uh, when you travel. So it's kind of hard to justify traveling across the country to hear one person preach one time and then go home. That. That you know, it just seem it just seems like you you're not getting the most bang for your buck. But these conferences, I think Gary's going to be preaching uh, uh, two or three times. You got Tim James; he's going to be speaking uh, twice, and you got Norm Wells; he's going to be speaking three times. So you're going to get to hear eight sermons all in the course of three days. So it's it's a lot of time at church. And worship and 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 listening to good preaching, but it's worth your money if you're traveling across the if you're traveling across the country. It's worth it's worth the investment. So I look forward to it. Of course, I go even when they don't have these conferences now because I just I love it so much. All right. So anyway, that's what we got going on. Hopefully, I get to hang out with a bunch of you this weekend. People that I haven't met before, I'm no, I've met you online, but not in person. I'm looking forward to meeting y'all face to face, 
and actually sitting down and having lunch with you. So maybe Saturday afternoon, we'll figure something out. We'll go out to eat lunch, and maybe you can, uh, maybe we'll go to that Wings Etc. and I'll get on the Wall of Flame in Ashland. We'll see. We don't know how it's going to go. But anyway, that's it's going to be a great time. Looking forward to it. All right. So my topic for today is love for God's sheep online. Okay. Okay, so I'm not just talking, we should always love God's sheep and God's people wherever they may be, but I'm just, I'm going to go right back to this topic. I hit it a couple weeks ago, kind of, and uh, we're going to hit it again. We're going to talk about online and internet interaction. Okay, this is something you don't hear from the pulpit all that often. You don't hear people talk about how they should act when they're on Facebook or or uh, anywhere else. Let's see, Angie just texted me. I'm you know what? I'm going to ignore that and focus on this. All right. So, the internet. You know, the internet is such a blessing and a curse. But oh, what a blessing it is. It's been a blessing to many people and uh and it's a blessing to God's people. Okay? And uh you know, the internet has been a blessing to me. Now, let's see here. Uh, how is it a blessing to me? Well, let's see. I came to believe through the internet and uh, through the use of the internet, the gospel was reinforced to me through reading the internet. I have learned so much through interaction on the internet. I, I've operated a website for over 18 years now, pristinegrace.org. It was first called fivesolas.org. And back when I was a free willer, before then, and I don't tell too many people this, but it was called bornagain.net when I was out trying to get people saved through a confession. Or, But uh, we're not going to talk about that much now. But if you go to bornagain.net in your browser, you'll be surprised where it takes you. That's all i got to say. Go try it. fivesolas.org. Predestinary Network, and now, and then, and also Pristine Grace. I kind of started all three of those around the same time, and I just decided to consolidate everything into uh, pristinegrace.org. And I have learned so much. You know, people have asked me, how do you find time for all this? Well, I made Pristine Grace selfishly for me. I didn't really go, set out to make it. For all of you out there, okay, all of you people that enjoy reading on Pristine Grace or interacting on, on the forum, originally I really made it for me. Uh, when I, as I was learning the truth of God, as I was learning the gospel, as I was learning uh, theology and and gospel doctrine, I started to collect articles. I started to collect snippets here and there, and things I'd like to read and. This was the early days of the internet, and I, I was also a really, I was a programmer at the time. I went to school and studied computer science and was into computers going all the way back to the early, to the mid-80s, early to mid-80s. But by the time the 90s came around, I was on the internet from day one almost, and uh, when it became somewhat popular, I mean, we're talking early 90s, and then uh, by the time... Uh, the mid-90s rolled around, 
I was developing software on the internet. I was writing, I wrote Bible software on it back in 1998. Okay. So if you go to pristinegrace.org and go to the Bible software there, that is a derivative of my initial Bible software that I wrote on the internet back in 1998. So it's 20 plus, 20 years old. So I wrote all this. I made it for me. I started putting these articles on there. And there wasn't any place that I could go that had what I wanted, so I made my own website so I can go and read it and study. And that's what I did. I studied, I'd read an article, I'd put it on there. Okay? Consequentially, it also was made available to all of you out there as well. And now, of course, I also made the form for other people, and, uh, and I've learned so much there. I've met so many good people, so many friends. I've encountered all kinds of people and the people that are all over the world, scattered all over the world, and also people that span the entire spiritual spectrum. Okay, I'm talking about new believers with minimum gospel knowledge and some of the most advanced theologians that probably have ever lived. Okay, all that and of course unbelievers as well. All right. People that come in with uh, very strong assurance or confidence in Christ. And then there are others that come in and they struggle with their doubt and assurance. And, and I can tell you, if you struggle with doubt and assurance, if you don't have that confidence, that assurance, that precious gift of, that God gives you, it, the internet can be very scary. Okay, and you have to be careful who you talk to because there are people that roam around on the internet and they're looking they're looking to devour people they they love to they love to sink their claws into people and to to claim scalps and and claim their victory on their Facebook walls and show what scalp they've they've uh, got from you this week okay this is what goes on the internet there's a lot of uh self-righteousness out there. There's a lot of self-righteous people that glory in theology, that glory in their doctrine. And you got to be careful when you come across these types of people because they're not out there in a genuine way. They're out there looking for to promote themselves or promote, uh, you know, to, to glory in their, uh, their dominance over you. Okay, so if you if you're if you're a person that struggles with doubt and assurance, and you come across these type of people, it can it can devastate you. It can terrify you. And you know, I just I I just think it's awful. And I've seen I've seen all kinds of of interactions. And uh, to my shame, to my own shame, I have treated people terribly online as well. And I try not to do it so much today, but if you go back to the early 2000s, back when I first came to believe the truth, and back when first God first granted me with a measure of true confidence and assurance in the gospel, oh boy, did that, I, I started to get puffed up at times. And I, I'd say this is probably true for a lot of a lot of uh, teachers out there, when they're young in the faith, they tend to get a little overconfident. Well, I was that way, and I've been short with people, okay? I've been overly critical of 
people for their inability to articulate uh, their a doctrine to my standard. And okay, and okay, I'm a uh, what, what shall we say? I'm I, I've uh, I'm healed from that, or I, I'm reforming from that. Okay, and so as I've come to see the my own errors in the way I treat people, uh, I've it, it really bothers me when I see other people treat other believers this way, and oh, it just rubs me the wrong way, and I just want to, I just want to just. Sometimes I just want to reach to the screen and grab people. I, I know I hate to say that, but that's who I am, and I, I have to I have to guard against that. Okay, and it's not so much because they're attacking me. I I get attacked and it bothers me, but I I have taken slings and arrows and shoot. You can go on YouTube and search for my name, and you'll see people just you know just torch me on on, on there. They'll call me, they call me a heretic. I'm getting kind of used to that. I don't like it, but I tell you what really bothers me. It's not so much that. It's seeing young believers or people who struggle with assurance come across these types of people online that are overly critical and overly harsh and, and looking for some something to expose in that person. Okay? And you find people that go looking for false gospel or they go false doctrine hunting, finding people to expose. And they start focusing on things like gospel repentance or evangelical repentance. And I just got to say, oh, please, let's stop it, okay? And so that gonna, that's going to lead me to, uh, to this next... Uh, to this next uh, question. What is gospel repentance? You hear about this a lot. Repent. Repent. What does it mean to repent? Alright, so in short, it means to turn from your way of life towards the truth in Christ. Alright? But here's the thing. If you believe the gospel, you have repented. Okay? You stopped believing in works righteousness and you believed the truth of grace. When you believe the gospel, you turn from what you were in towards the truth, okay? Repentance is kind of built into faith and vice versa. Uh, you can believe one and and you can't believe one. I mean, you can't believe one and can't and still believe that the other way that you were the other path that you're on is the is a right way. So if you believe the gospel, you've repented. You can't help but repent. It's a corollary. So, if somebody comes to you and they say, I believe the gospel, I believe in free and sovereign grace, okay, and I believe in the five points of Calvinism, I believe that salvation is conditioned on Christ alone, I, I, I love this gospel, do, are you really going to start analyzing them and see if they've repented? Because if you do, it tells me you probably you probably have a misunderstanding of what repentance is yourself, okay? And these people, these people that go around looking for gospel repentance or evangelical repentance in people, they they want to know other people's history, and they start they start probing, they start querying, they start looking for holes in their stories. 
because we're all afraid. They're all afraid of some false gospel or false convert running around. Okay, and and also they're sometimes they're looking for another scalp. Okay, and I. All right, so they want to know the day you're converted. And unless you give them an answer that satisfies them as, about this, they, they, they're not going to count you as, your, as their brother or sister. Telling them you, you believe the gospel isn't good enough for them. No, they want to make sure you've repented properly. All right? And, you know, this is... I, I, I just think this is sad. You know, it's not going to bother me. You can you can probe me all you like, but what about what about that new person out there? That new person that just believed and has a hard time expressing or articulating faith the way that a seasoned believer does. You know, uh, let's talk about my conversion for a minute. You know, I uh, I believed the gospel and around the year 2001 and for me it wasn't really an instantaneous moment it was kind of like a slow conversion process for me and I can't can't really pinpoint the exact moment I, I turned from dark to light it's kind of like a process okay I can't tell you the exact time I believed the gospel because I had a false assurance at the time in my old religion Okay, so when did my false assurance give way to true assurance? Alright, I think it was somewhere during that time period, somewhere around 2001. I don't really know for sure, but I do know that what I believed was wrong and that I believed the truth. What I did believe was wrong and that I, that I now believe the truth. So I repented. I returned from my old ways of self-righteous free willism, that is, looking to my decision to believe and be and accept Christ that was the old false way and then looking to Christ alone for all of my safe salvation resting in him for everything looking to Christ for for all aspects of my salvation not just not just not just uh, my the atonement but also for for all of my faith for all of my sanctification, my justification, everything. And uh, the reason I, I believed was because Christ died for me, not because I exercised it of my own free will. I don't really, I'm not really sure when I made that, but it was sometime in there. And at the time, I couldn't really articulate it very well. But do you consider me a believer? What about now? Do you consider me one? Uh, what if I was mentally disabled? And I told you I trusted in Christ alone. And I love free and sovereign grace. And even the TULIP acronym. But, you know, you found out I had a history of being in free will churches. Or even attended one occasionally with uh, whoever, my caretaker, who brought me there. Would you consider me a believer then? What if my faculties didn't allow me to articulate my gospel repentance to you in a clear way. Would you count me as your brother? What if I was, quote, tolerant? Okay? Tolerant Calvinist. What if I, you know, would you count me as your brother? Look, I'm not asking for people to tolerate a false gospel. I'm at not asking anybody to even compromise on the truth. What I'm asking for is patience and love and understanding. 
Okay, I'm asking you to care for that brother or sister you meet online, to accept one another in love. Okay, and that weaker brother, that weaker believer, he says to you that they were converted to the truth a long time ago in a church that didn't even preach the gospel. Don't go crazy on them, okay? Did you know I was converted in a church that pre preached free willism? Yeah, I was. There, I said it. You know, and what what if you're a naysayer about out there? What do you have to say about that? Okay, I can just see it now. You know, Monty Collier, the next Monty Collier report on YouTube. It's going to be news alert. Brandon Brandon's a tolerant Calvinist now. He hasn't properly re repented. Heresy, heretic. That's a heretic. But you know what? I was, and I was converted when I was attending a free willer church. And if you stopped listening to me right now, you wouldn't get to hear what I'm about to say, okay? I wasn't converted by a false gospel, okay? And I know some of you might be thinking, is he crazy? Is, am I going crazy now? No, I was converted by the true gospel in a free will or church, okay? Because the true gospel of free and sovereign grace came to me. Okay? And it wasn't by the preaching in that free will church. Okay, It was used, but uh, even Arminian preachers can be helpful. Okay, I'm not saying they're right, but I heard some facts about God. Okay, I heard some Old Testament stories. I heard some New Testament stories. I was encouraged to read my Bible, and you know what? I did. Okay, and then one day I'm reading my Bible and the passages on predestination and election were opened up to me by the Holy Spirit. And the gospel was in front of my face the entire time and I didn't see it and then I did. Okay, and I saw that my salvation was all of grace and that it was all of Christ and that it was entirely by his sovereign grace alone, his election of me and all that garbage that I listened to for years. I saw that it was wrong. And you know what happened? I came to believe while attending a free willer church. And I was saved. And I was saved from that church. The Lord graciously showed me how bad it was. Caused me to speak up against it. And they didn't like it, so they threw me out. And God rescued me from that church. And I turned from what was being preached to the gospel as it was taught in scripture. Okay? And... He pulled me out of that church and he put me in another one. <laughs> and that place was also preaching a false gospel. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But it, this was this false gospel was so much more subtle. Subtle. Okay. It was so subtle. They used sovereign grace language deceptively. And I didn't see it. I didn't see that they were some they they were teaching something different than what I believed. They were teaching that salvation was in conversion. Okay? And they spoke out of both sides of their mouths. I didn't realize they didn't believe like I did. I thought they were like me. Okay? But here I am in a tolerant Calvinist church. Okay? I didn't understand that I believed something that was different from what they were teaching. I know it sounds crazy, but that's the way it was. But God slowly taught me to see that what I believed wasn't what they believed. And once I saw, 
once I saw that we were worlds, worlds apart on the gospel, I, I left them too. Bob Higby was actually going to that church with me, and we left around the same time. Okay? And uh, so if this can happen to me, so then I think most of you listening to me would consider me a true believer, a true brother. Okay? This, this could happen to me. Not able to see that the, the, the Calvinists I was with weren't believing the same thing I was. Couldn't this happen to somebody else? You know, couldn't there be some young new believer on Facebook or elsewhere caught up in some false church and not know it? I think so. Okay? I have no doubt there are true believers that God has come to them through the scriptures and they're scattered amongst all those whore churches out there, these false churches. These places are so deceptive, but they use the tr they use a true they do use the Bible, the truth, the gospel is in all of them. If you open every Bible, it's there. Okay, okay. And then they preach grace, 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 grace. Oh yeah, they preach grace. Oh wow, it's grace. It's Christ alone. They say, okay. And then they slide something in there, and it ruins the whole thing that they're teaching. Okay, but sometimes it takes a while to see them slipping those works in there. All right, they they will say faith alone, and then you eventually realize that they mean salvation is conditioned upon that faith, and then it doesn't mean what you think it is. Okay, so my point is, stop bugging people, stop bugging people about their gospel repentance, their evangelical repentance, embrace them as brothers and sisters on their gospel confession alone. Okay, if they believe the gospel, they've repented. You can't have repentance without believing, and you can't have belief without repentance. They're corollaries. They're two sides of the same coin. You got a you coin, coin, you got you flip it in the air. It doesn't matter how it lands. If it lands on faith, you you still got repentance on that coin. If it lands on repentance, you still got faith. And you, you just can't separate the two. All right. Okay. So. They're out there on Facebook. They're our dear brothers and sisters. Have patience with them. Okay? Bear with them. Help them. Love them. All right? Huh. There are struggling people out there. There are struggling people out there that that are suffering. Okay? I can't tell you. I Right now, it, it, it kills me. And I'm not going to cry here on camera because I'm not that kind of guy. But I, I do get emotional about this. Okay, there are, there are ladies, and I know a lady out there who's really struggling so badly. I know a new believer I just met not too long ago. And the, and the, and the story, the backstory she told me about her life and the things she's had gone through. And now she's a believer. And it just, and she loves free and sovereign grace in Christ. And it just, I'm so happy to meet these people, okay? And so they can't articulate their theology as well as you can, you know? Have some patience with these people and, you know, love them. Oh, send them a card. Send them a nice email and encourage them in their faith, okay? Pray for them that they may be able to express uh, with the same clarity that you do your understanding and love of the gospel. But whatever I whatever you do, I ask that you do it in love, okay, and that you're, and then you make it your goal to help them with their struggles, 
don't tear them down. Don't be overly critical or harsh with them. Okay? And when you do say something wrong, and when they do say something wrong to you, be gentle with them, with your approach to them. Okay? These are the same people that, these are people that Christ died for. Okay? Just like he did for you and he did for me. And, uh, yeah, that's really all i got to say about that for now. So, that's my message. And I, uh, I hope you enjoyed it. I didn't really have a uh, scriptural passage to uh, end this with. I'd like to include a, uh, a scripture passage on every one of these messages. So how about this? Let's make it Romans 8. Okay, Romans 8, 28. Okay, God causes, works all things uh, for good to, to those that love him. All right, we'll end there. <laughs> and I love you all. I uh, hope you have a great day. Please drive safe to the conference. I hope to see you and have some great fellowship with all of you. And hopefully I will be here this time next week, next Thursday. And uh, grace and peace to you. Gospel blessings. Bye-bye.